Nick. Elias, what's up, my man? How's it going? Fantastic. Man, really I'm, excited. I'm excited to start the show. Me too. I bought some cannabis cream and I put on my penis. Why? So it can get high. I think this is something you have to talk to your doctor about. Andrew. Hey guys, Nick Drosos. Dr. Andrew Steinberg. And welcome to another episode of... Have the balls to talk about it. And our guest, Elias, is back. Elias in the house. Pro UFC fighter, thank, thank you for, for having me once back. again, gentlemen. Thanks for coming. And we're going to be talking about medical marijuana or... Medical cannabis. Medical, medical cannabis. cannabis. What, what, what's the difference? Is, is there... Well, uh, the word me uh, marijuana actually comes from a derogatory term. It actually means a poor man's tobacco oh. and is actually where a lot of the racism that the previous illegal, uh, well, prohibition came from. Uh, what's it called? Um, back in the 19, early 1900s, um, there was a man named William Randall Hurst who did not want to switch from cotton to hemp, which is a far superior product. So he actually owned all the paper mills and he put a bunch of propaganda in there and said that marijuana, this spooky name, yeah. uh, was giving black and brown people superhuman strength and they're attacking people. Wow. So um, that's where the reefer madness comes from and right. all the racist laws that were enacted. Um, uh, from there, obviously people read this in the newspaper and if they read it, it had to be true, right? Yep. Um, so they started enacting or demanding uh, their politicians to enact uh, different um, laws to kind of combat that. And again, it's a racist term uh, that, you know, uh, actually, again, especially with the, the states and the military uh, complex in regards to their whole prison system, um, and anyone that knows the actual, you know, the, the, in, in the 13th Amendment was the, the enacting of giving African Americans equal citizenship under the law, but uh, the only exception of that in regards to slavery was prison, and that's why there's a huge prison system in regards to uh, the states and you know being able to uh, remove um, systematically remove the rights of uh, uh, minorities and their ability to vote because wow. once you because uh, once you actually get a uh, what's it called uh, convicted of federal crime they'll remove your ability to vote and your Unability now to actually uh, cement change in regards to the political system, and just another way to kind of enslave people. So uh, in Canada, I mean, there's been a definitely progression uh, uh, or advancements in terms of medical use of cannabis, and now legalization of cannabis. So there's a lot of questions that are coming up, and and uh, I think most of us, including embarrassing myself, because we didn't learn about it in medical school when mm -hmm. I went. Uh, there's so many questions about usage and, and types and everything like that. So let's start at the beginning. You know, the, I think the number one question people ask about is CBD, THC, and... Uh, yeah, so uh, kind of backtracking even there, um, in regards to the medical component, a lot of it is enacted in the aspect of our actual rights. So what I kind of advocate is my medical use um, because I am a patient and an athlete. And um, that is an alternative to first-line medications, uh, especially with pain management. And um, to, to kind of talk about how we're, 
we kind of got to the point of legalization, it actually started in the courts, um, and more specifically Ontario, um, and it attached to healthcare. A lot of these situations will attach to healthcare because, again, in Canada, it's a fundamental Canadian right, and why I still uh, stress for people to talk to a medical practitioner um, because it's always good to empower yourself as a med uh, as a patient. And I look at cannabis, whether it is rec uh, deemed recreational or medical, it's very medical because I think there are a lot of people that self-medicate without really understanding the, the components of most it, right? People, most people are. No matter what it is, yeah. right? They self-medicate in some capacity um, because, um, you know, we are in many ways uh, creatures of chemicals and every person has different reactions right. like some people run on caffeine some people run on other things and again exactly so um or, or nicotine this that and the other um with cannabis it became um started going through the courts in the two early 2000s so 2003 was the first component and then it obviously uh built up into uh where we have it now legalized um uh in canada and the end of prohibition um i again still stress uh, people to talk to practitioners because of the fact that there's a difference between the rights and regulations that were changed. Right. The criminal code just was changed where it no longer looks as cannabis as a controlled substance, whereas medical cannabis is a fundamental Canadian right attached to my healthcare. So now going back into the plant. And in the States, that's it's still federally legal, right? It's right. a class one drug. So right. um, it's looked at you know, at the same level, if not higher than heroin, which right. is ridiculous. Um, and part of that is the racist component in uh, what you see in the, the, the prison system. Like for instance, why for the longest time, crack and cocaine right. were looked at differently under the eyes of the law because of who was primarily, primarily using right. it or being arrested and for it. And it still right? applies to today, right? Yeah, it's still a federally scheduled drug. Wow. It's again, higher than heroin for whatever reason. Um, but the, that reason, again, is yeah. most likely due to racism and other forms of ways to getting at a, at a people. Um, uh, this is kind of sidetracking, but um, Nixon, the, 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 the president, um, he created the war on drugs as a way to, because again, he couldn't criminalize being a hippie or being African-American, but he could criminalize something that, that those they demographics use. used. Right. So that was his way to suppress the, the pushback from the Vietnam War. Right. So again, racism is a lot of it. I, I, I kind of going on my own political beliefs. I'm very much a lib. I'm, I'm like almost. I'm a social libertarian in the idea that I'm a huge believer of individual rights and also the collective as a, you know a society because yeah. the, you know, the safety net is a very important thing in regards to um, society. I'm not even talking about um, uh, what's it called uh, specifically programs, but more in regards to us as a society oh, together. That's right. But going back to it, the difference between CBD and THC, not very much. Um, TH, it's, the only real difference is in regards to one or two uh, compounds uh, in the actual makeup of it. And that makeup uh, actually is what we get the difference between feeling high, quote unquote high, and not. CBD, you don't actually have the euphoria that... Uh, that CBT. CBD. CBD. They're both cannabinoids, right? Okay. So. Um, this is where the real difference in regards to, for instance, um, first line medications like painkillers, et cetera, et cetera, they hack the system. Whereas um, cannabinoids are a part of the system. We have cannabinoid receptors. So we have 85 that we know of, 85 ca cannabinoid receptors in our body. And a lot of that, and specifically, because again, medicine is a very personal thing, so I can talk about my own experience with it. Um, CBD is one way to you know help in, in certain capacity but the thc is what the 
what is needed, that extra compound, to truly feel the um, pain management feeling. I have a question. Do you take it because you're a fighter and your body goes through wear and tear? Is that the reason why you well, started taking it? or? I is there other personal? I have a medical condition called bilateral neuropathic pain. So I basically have nerve damage in my upper extremities. And um, with Re that- Related to fighting or? Uh, originally in a, in a previous life, as message mentioned in our last uh, conversation, I was a skateboarder. And uh, I used to jump off insanely high buildings or uh, stairs right. uh, before I realized I was terrified of heights. And uh, one of the results of that, I broke my hands, yeah. broke my hand, two breaks, four fractures. Um, and I needed a bone graft and they took uh, bone out of my hip and made me a new wrist. So part of that was just basically the degeneration in regards to the operation, the surgical um, damage that kind of happened with it, obviously compounded in regards to what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. And the nerve damage, you know, it, all, it alternates in regards to the symptoms. Sometimes it's, um, you know, every time I hit something, there'll be, um, you know, a stinging pain that's similar to like, you know, you're hitting your funny bone, okay. but there's nothing about it because I, I right. use my hands in every single thing that I do yeah. in, in my way of life. Um, in addition to that, radiating heat, which also going into uh, kind of uh, playing tricks in regards to the fact that it will be so hot that I don't even realize I'm in pain. Okay. So there'll be instances right. where I'll hit my elbow and it's swollen and bruised and I'll be playing with my phone. Right. And then uh, like a couple of hours later, I'm like, why is my hand so heavy? I'm like, oh, my elbow's this big. I didn't even realize it, right? Like right. again, the, it kind of plays tricks in my ability to actually um, understand what's happening in the nerves. Right. And going back to the aspect of cannabinoids and us having cannabinoid receptors, the best uh, illustration that I would explain about this, our spine and our, our head is like, you know, is the, the highway, right? The, the, the nerves are the highway to your body, right? And the different um, cannabinoid receptors are in different places where the exit of the highway would be. Mm -hmm. So any type of pileup, that's inflammation. Yeah. And cannabinoids are good at clearing the, the inflammation yeah. in regards to the exit in your, your, in your, in your highway, in regards to the, the ability to um, pass information from your brain to the rest of your body to do something. So again, inflammation is a huge component in regards to CBD and THC. But uh, for me personally, THC uh, for that extra compound and that ability to um, target my pain because it's, it is a form of pain management where other athletes can use more first line medications. Uh, and again, one of the things that I'm fighting for is uh, medical equality because their medicine is looked at equally yeah. or mine is. And, and I was, I was going to say that, th that these are, even you mentioned the word alternative. I mean, it shouldn't be considered alternative medicine. It should be considered medicine. Yes. You know? And um, we're, like I said before, we're, I wasn't taught it in medical school, now they are more and more. Uh, but there are probably many diseases that I deal with, chronic pelvic pain, prostatitis, uh, the, you know, that, that patients would benefit from, from medical uh, cannabis and uh, that I need to learn about and I think many doctors do. So I think it's great that you're giving that, uh, that uh, you know, notion that it should be medicalized, but in a positive way, not yes. in a, you know? Yeah. Well, I think education is a big important thing, right? Because again, going from the analogy of prohibition into the light, there was a lot of darkness in regards to uh, what the understanding is. And unfortunately in, in the medical component, because it was, had that stigma attached to it, there hasn't been the same studies in, in years of studies that other medicines and other um, uh, alternatives are. But obviously Canada puts, it, puts itself in a, a very, um, progressive stance and, and, you know, actually an example for the world, um, yeah. that others can, uh, lead on. And they are, um, both in the, 
and the, the actual economic aspect, a lot of these uh, companies now are the largest ones in the world. Like yeah. for instance, um, the, the, some of the com companies were you know the first billion dollar stock, yeah. um, and now they're actually helping in regards to the infrastructure and in, in, in regards to other countries that are going through the legalization process, whether yeah. medical or recreational. Uh, tell us about how you know you got into it, your first experience, uh, who prescribed yeah. it, and then. Um, so originally, uh, you know, I looked at cannabis with the same kind of stigma. I didn't, because again, being a professional athlete, I didn't, um, couldn't, like, you know, I couldn't put the, the square peg in the round hole in regards to uh, the two. And part of that was, again, the difference between the medical aspect, uh, being able to talk to my family doctor, being able to understand better in regards to how it will work with me as a patient. And, um, you know, through uh, the opportunity to better associate both in the educational aspect and reintroducing it into um, basically my schedule um, allowed me to better, um, you know, cope with my, my condition and uh, the symptoms around it. And, you know, unfortunately where I find myself um, as a professional athlete, um, you know, it's a positive or negative in the capacity that USADA is uh, the world, uh, sorry, the United States Anti-Doping Agency and the UFC partnered with them. So my company partnered with an anti-doping agency that is a third-party tester. So there, it's not affiliated because again, you don't want the promotion being in cahoots because then it could opportunity a conspiracy of some sort, right? So it's out of their control, but again, I'm a huge believer in clean sport because the true, the true cheaters in regards to um, you know steroids, HGH, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, those are performance enhancing. Right. Unfortunately, because of, as we talked about, that same stigma and that same out-of-date um, uh, mentality towards cannabis being found on the, pro on the uh, not the prohibited list, but where it finds, oh, as a class one drug. Right. Um, that means that it has no medical properties under the American uh, eyes, right? Right, right? So then, because it has no medical property, it becomes an issue with me and the, wow. uh, the uh, United States Anti-Doping Agency because they don't look at it as a medicine. Right. It's deemed as a, pro uh, a prohibited list on the prohibited list because it's looked at as a performance enhancing drug. Yeah, yet some of the states, it's on, the, it's on medical formularies still. So it, that, I think there's a fight between the states and the, fe and the yeah. uh, federal. Yeah, but again, federally speaking, they supersede, right? Right. So, and again, part of that is just a change in policy. Obama was the one that stopped raiding, uh, using federal forces to, or federal uh, um, police to, to raid um, grow ops and right. uh, dispensaries, et cetera, et cetera. So this so, is all very new. So like, how, what's your challenge if you're an advocate and you use it and you're fighting with it? Like, yeah, how do so, you... So um, the UFC is very progressive in their stance on it, and they've been very supportive in my position. Again, they, it's not their w rule to say because again, they don't want to get, they don't want to interfere or deem to be interfering with a third-party tester. Um, in in the regards to how they're progressive is the fact that they only test basically the last month of training camp. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, that's the hardest part of training. Right. So it's like. That's, that's again, when, that's when I'm you building. Yeah, that's it, right? when everything's are aching and yeah. pain, and uh, it kind of the symptoms are flaring up a lot more regular because I'm also cutting the weight. The, the, the me putting myself through that, that trauma of the day-to-day -day grind, but also removing those minerals from my body, essentially. So at that very, moment, you can't use it. Yeah, so well, what ends up happening is they're looking for it to be in my, my uh, system, my blood. Um, and again, this is where the, um, the double standard is. Like my opponents, uh, you know, 
they're not for one on the competitive disadvantage in regards to I have obviously nerve damage, but they can use first line medications. Like for instance, uh, USADA, they want me to exhaust all of their options, right? right? So I, even though my doctor has prescribed medical cannabis because we know it works best for my, my symptoms and my condition, the governing body wants me to exhaust all other medicines first, including and come back to SSRIs, antidepressants, You're um, kidding me. Uh, what do you call it? other opioids? And wow. again, the irony being that they also have like a campaign going on where it's like combat opioid addiction, but yet they're telling me do these opioids. Right. So again, sometimes the hand, the left hand is not talking. That to the also right puts hand. you at a, at a negative disadvantage yep. because yeah. SR, you know, SSRIs, antidepressants, opioids. They're 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 downers. I mean, they, yep. you know, slow they, down the uh, system. Like, I, I, right. So uh, yeah, and, and and even the side effects of those are even worse. Uh, right. What's called, for instance, right. one of the drugs that they made me take was Lyrica, yes. where um, it just ravaged what is uh, my intestines. Lyrica? Yeah. Lyrica? Lyrica is another one of these. It's an anticonvulsant. It was meant yeah. for for seizures, okay. but yep. it's but it's used in pain management. Wow. Yeah, because again, you're trying to dull your system. It's yeah. like it's all hacking, right? Whereas again, a cannabinoid. We have cannabinoid receptors where all these things, they're hacking different parts of your dopamine, your this, your that, and the other, right? Your serotonin, whatever, whatever. Like they're trying to hack a system rather than in, use a system. Yeah. So um, for instance, my opponent, um, he, he could use a first line medication like Vicodin the day of the fight. What is and Vicodin? The, Vicodin's a, well, you can, you can better explain it in regards to the opioid aspect. Vicodin, well, yeah, I mean, it's one of the synthetic opioids. Yeah. Which so it gives you pack, well, like morphine. Like, uh, no, it's, well. it's it pain, pain, pain yeah. right? But the, you're allowed to use that before a fight. Yeah, because again, it's, it's it's deemed a medicine. Right. It's so, deemed so a medicine. I can right? take that before a fight, and then I obviously if, I can prescribed, I guess. Yep. And as long as it again, it's as long as uh, what they look for is impairment. So if yeah. you if you look like you're on a, some type of drug, though they won't allow you, right? But in regards to cannabis, for instance, what I'm asking for is to be able to medicate all the way to the day before my fight, which is weigh-ins, okay. which the next day I'll wake up, not medicate, right. because again, cannabis is, has a short window, about two to three hours where it actually works um, directly, especially the way that I take it in regards to- well, I have a question about taking, it, like, it's a dumb question because I don't know much. Do you smoke it? Do you? No, I, I, I try to do it as healthy as possible. So I, I do use uh, flour, but I use a vaporizer so that it removes all combustion. And, you, and in your mouth? And your yeah, mouth. yeah, it's just a vaporizer. So like uh, I'll uh, yes. inhale, it basically, it, heat, it cooks it on the bottom, but through um, different types of um, elements, wow. right? So there's no actual combustion. Because like if you use, wow. for instance, um, again, everyone to reach their own, yeah. right? But um, if you roll a, a quote unquote joint, uh, burning that paper, um, there's a toxin in regards to the, the paper itself, and then also the, the combustion in regards to the lighter. You're inhaling the butane from that. Okay. So um, I use vaporizers uh, that uh, help, you know, allow me to take my medicine in the cleanest form possible. I, I only saw it a, a month ago. I was at a party, and I met a girl. She was a nurse. We were talking, and she, she had a, a pump, like a spray that she... Yep, there's, there's different ways to, to take it in. Obviously, um, what's it called? That could be either CBD or THC. And, uh, you know, everyone has their own different things. Some people don't want to uh, smoke. Yeah, and, and the, the recreational it. market, yeah. they're, the oils, they're putting it into, a, you know, I saw someone came with me with a bag of gummy bears, which were yep. THC gummy bears. And, 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 and that, let's yeah. say I take one, I don't smoke. That, well, that's going to get me high? Or is that, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, not the CBD, uh, the THC will. And um, the different, because again, it goes through your liver that way. Um, it actually becomes, that's when it becomes more psychoactive okay. um, uh, because it goes through your system uh, where, um, for instance, uh, medicating with um, 
a vaporizer or even uh, smoking, uh, it'll be a much smaller window. Whereas if you ingest it, because it goes through your blood system that way um, and it, in a much different way, it becomes more of a psychedelic uh, experience. Another question, now that they've legalized it, what does it mean that anybody could just go and buy weed? Like, I well, mean, is so it- the, the, Part of the reason why they legalized it was so that they can combat the black market. Um, really Canada, right has one of the largest uh, youth uh, recreational uh, cannabis users in the world. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but it was much easier to, uh, especially being someone that lives in Ontario, yeah. it was much easier to get cannabis as a child than it was at alcohol because there had the, you know, the, yeah. the, you had to, there was a lot more systems yeah. and checks and balances, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, whereas like you could go to like, you know, the side of the high school and you'll find someone, right. you know what I mean? So um, big believer in kind of removing the black market and also taxing it. I think yeah. uh, there is a need to tax it. There's a huge opportunity. I mean, um, is it about, is it about making money for them? But, well, yeah, but sorry, but removing the black market, you also get control over the product. The substance. So, so, many, right, so many of these products that you know, you'd buy in a bag by the guy in the corner, who knows what was in it? Yeah. I mean, if I had my kid you know, wanted to try it, I would be scared for her to get something with, which yeah. could be laced with who knows what. I mean, analysis have done, has been done of these things and they found cocaine and, and all sorts of weird things mix mixed in with it. And even like, like different sprays to kind of just give you that artificial right. stuff. Right. So again, um, it's, better, um, it's better to have a total understanding of what's in it. And if there are those fundamental um, checks and balances in regards to a regulatory stuff, it's just safer product, right? Like, you wouldn't want to buy moonshine yeah, from right. a guy from a jug across the street. <laughs> yeah. I probably exactly. <laughs> but I have a question. In the two countries, is it just Amsterdam and... Amsterdam is actually not illegal. It's decriminalized. So, um, uh, just in the area of Amsterdam specifically... Decriminalized? Decriminalized means they don't charge you for it. They don't look, they won't move through It's not legal, but they, right, but they won't go okay. they, they, That's not their highest thing. So the only other country to actually have it is here in Uruguay. Oh, wow, cool. What about uh, Colorado? Uh, but that's not, that's legal, but that's on the state level. That's right. not a federal legal. Right. U.S., so, it's still illegal. Right. Yeah. And Spain, again, it's another example. They actually decriminalized all drugs. And right. uh, since then, and they took a real different turn in regards to what they, um, what they look in regards to uh, you know, the, the criminal code, et cetera, et cetera. Rather than looking at uh, drug users, like all drugs we're talking about here, um, uh, instead of looking at them as criminals, looking at them as sick patients, yeah. right? Because again, it, it's an addiction. It's an addiction. Rather yeah. than, remember, criminally looking at an addiction issue. And right. they've actually had uh, their addiction rates plummet uh, because of it. Yeah. Because again, um, if you're able to know what's in it um, and, and better opportunities to, you know, actually have a conversation with your doctor. Like if there's people that are addicted, for instance, no one has to look that far, whether it's in Canada or the States in yeah. regards to the opioid addiction, where people can no longer afford those things, the, the actual medicine, because let's say, especially in the States, it's a little more expensive to do an opioid. They'll right. get the street version and get the, the smack off the street. Yeah, and that's right. where the real addiction yeah, comes yeah. for. Yes. And then you have the aspect of fentanyl and all that other stuff. But again, on a personal level, uh, cannabis, uh, as a patient allows me to uh, compete at a competitive equal playing field that I no longer have because of my condition with bilateral neuropathic pain. And, you know, I'm a huge believer in USADA and everything it stands for, but uh, I'm fighting for not only my right, but all of the Canadian athletes to yep. fight um, and compete, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, compete at a competitive uh, level field, but most importantly, to be able to medicate as they should choose by their professional. Right. 
uh, help in regards to their doctors and again, individual choice in regards to what they want to use. So there it is, medical cannabis. Yeah. Uh, so many more questions. I think we need yeah. to get a, a, a doctor on to just to talk yeah, about it. Just, you know, what what it's been used for today. What what are the uh, diseases that's been uh, that it's been studied with, and and you know maybe uh, people having these some of these illnesses could go to their doctors if they haven't tried it and sure. uh, make this mainstream. Uh, yeah. Medicine. Yeah. Well, one of the things that they've already kind of shown with it, especially with uh, CBD, is an, a great opportunity for children because uh, again, that doesn't have any of the psychoactive component. Yeah. Um, for instance, any anyone with epilepsy or Parkinson's, it's already shown to have uh, really good help in regards to that. And then you know whether it's Crohn disease or um, other forms of uh, uh, medical issues, and also again creating an appetite for um, cancer patients going through chemo. Yep. There's many different alternatives that cannabis provides. Uh, you know, a healthier option. I'm going home after this to do my research for urology, uh, cannabis and urology. Yes, yes. <laughs> so guys, I want to thank you for watching another episode of Have the Boss Talk About It. Thanks, uh, Elias, for coming pleasure, back. Robert. Where can people find you, Elias? At Elias Theodora. Main event. M-A-N-E, trademark included, as we said, but also Ring Boy. Uh, many hats, but contractually, I'm not allowed wearing any. That's it. <laughs> Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you next time. Have the balls to talk about it.